I fully expect you to make a face when I tell you this. I had a listener DM me. Not sure where this is going. And a listener DM me asking me about um, audio. Like, hey, I've noticed with your <laughs> podcast, like it's not as bassy as others that I listen to. Now, what do you think that did to me? There was a tingle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, hold up. How are you listening to the podcast? Are they AirPods? Are you listening to your car? Is it just computer speakers? Is it through YouTube? I need answers. All the details. Give me the details. Also, I need the list of podcasts that you listen to so I can do audio comparisons. So this sent me down a rabbit hole, as you would know. Yeah. But don't worry. My takeaway was not to go, we need new microphones, Joe. Good. 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 Now I know what your burner DM account is. I think the takeaway was, yeah, Julio just needs to speak up. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. It's totally fine. Anyway, you ready? I'm still alive. Let's do it. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. <laughs> Let's podcast alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias inside Eford Studios, downtown Raleigh. Thanks to Empire Properties. Thanks to Copiers Plus. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. When do you get your your unit, man? Big day today in Mickelson Ridge Road. Kiyosara is landed. The Eagle has landed. Today is the day. When you see that thing, you're going to act as though it is the space shuttle. Yeah. So many buttons. I'm excited. Uh, I, I'm going to have to like take notes. Mm-hmm. Gonna have to have, um, you know, Drew's crew come show me. And you know me, I don't need instructions. I need like you to show me. I, I need an actual demonstration. Mm-hmm. Uh, the computer will have to be there and all those other good things. How many more? I'm QR, looking forward to it. How many more QR code flyers are you going to print out once you have this thing? Uh, a lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot. <laughs> anyway, go it's, check it's out. a real thing. If they can teach Joe how to use this system, they can teach your employees if too. I can change you can change. We all can change. Go to copiers-plus.com. Speaking of changes, I feel like we have to remind the audience that our conversations around college basketball are fluid. We have way more data on an every other night basis. And what we might think one week could change the following. We try to stay consistent. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say like one week we're hot taking it up and the next week we're not. Unless we're talking about Wake Forest rosters versus UNC's roster. But my point is, <laughs> we'll get to that because today we're going to do things a little bit differently. Okay. It's a classic. Tell me the calendar has really changed in the triangle without telling me the triangle has truly changed. And the way you know this is based on basketball engagement. And the other thing that I do know is that it's a Duke Carolina week. You know how I know it's a Duke Carolina week, Joe? Because you were watching Duke's win over Virginia Tech last night. And they flashed the graphic. The graphic was the last 1,482 games. We're here. They've split. And the score is 878 million to 806,099. From our guy, Brian Ives, ESPN, Saturday will be the 49th time Duke and North Carolina have met, both ranked in the AP Top 25. Not only is that 35 more than any other matchup, but the rivals, here's your favorite stat show. Here it comes. You ready? They split the previous 48 with an average score of 76.8. 
to 76. UNC, 24 wins, 76.8 points per game. Duke, 24 wins, 76 points per game. The rivalry. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be a good game. And I feel like this gets us to Duke. And what I'm trying to get at when it when it relates to fluid conversations about basketball. I don't dislike Duke. I just see what Duke was supposed to be and what they've been. And what they've been has a list of reasons why. Okay. And last night, and this is why I tweeted out last night, Duke kind of confounds me. Good Duke teams have gone up to Castle and lost. It's been a place of trouble for them. Four out of their last five trips up there have resulted in losses. So to see this group with, most importantly, all of their players, and as Connor O'Neill, our friend, likes to joke, the proctor who was promised, this is where you start to think, ah, maybe this is the Duke team finally getting together. Because, Joe, they have the pieces. It's just that we haven't really seen the pieces together for a good bit of the season and there's still time left for Duke to put this thing together, especially headed into this game against Carolina. It's weird. Tyrese Proctor, if you didn't watch the game, you would look at the box score and go, oh, like 12 points. Like, uh, oh, okay, cool. He was, no. No. Uh, I thought he controlled the game, and he played in a way that, quite frankly, Duke needs. And I thought Duke's defense in this game was also a, a difference maker. And Ryan Young... Uh, we kind of laugh and chuckle and, you know, he he's a better podcaster than we are. Oh, he is. But the truth of the matter is he does serve a role for them because they need someone to guard the five. And and it, it's been a struggle, and particularly with Mitchell's being in and out of the lineup a little bit and also not being the biggest dude in the history of the world. Yeah. Now, Ryan Young is obviously not the most athletic person in the history of college basketball, but he can play a role. Yeah. And that's... you saw some of that role last night against Virginia Tech. Now, he's probably not going to score double digits every game. Uh, but he could be functional. He could rebound. He could defend the position. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the way that they played. Uh, long, a long story short here that I'll condense for you. Okay. A lot of people remember when I worked at the News and Observer, Ethan Hyman was the photographer. And, you know, we traveled together. And now Ethan is actually on Duke. So he was going up to, he went up to Blacksburg last night. And he, you know, he's texting me and uh, may, may have placed a, couple of bets that I lost and some other things. And that's that's what that was really about. But anyway. No, no, no. no. And, but it, I was like, oh, what do you think Duke does? He's like, oh, I don't know. They've lost like four, four, five or the last six or, or four or the last five. Is, right? They don't play well here. And I said, you know what, though? I said, I think they're going to win because they got away with one on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And good teams and good coaches take opportunities like Duke had on Saturday and realize, hey, we this is not who we are. This is not how we're going to play. This is we're gonna, We're better than this. And I thought that was the most important response from Duke in this game. Short turnaround, tough opponent, a tough place to play, a highly efficient offensive team. And they came out and and Proctor, just as we've seen with Elliot Cadeau. If you want to see Duke get to the level that they can be at, it comes down to Proctor. A couple of things. You brought up Ryan Young, and I want to make it clear to Duke fans. I, I like Ryan Young. When I was watching that Duke squad last year, I knew why Ryan Young was on the floor. And that reason is effort, straight up effort defense. And this is coming from somebody who never played the game, but understands when it comes to defense, you can scheme it up all you want. If you're not trying to play defense, then it's really not going to work out with you. I mean, I mean, how many times has Roy Williams brought that up? How many times has Mike Krzyzewski brought that up? And John Shire said the same thing. 
in order to rebound well, you have to have the mindset to rebound well. You have to have the mindset to defend. And that's why Ryan Young ends up getting those minutes because he has that mindset. He's going he's gonna to throw his body all over the floor. Okay, that's why he gets minutes. He might be an offensive liability at times. Sometimes he could be a defensive liability, but the effort's there. And I think with Duke, Shire's been trying to poke this team to do it consistently every night. Now, some of that is on the players who have been healthy. Some of that is on the players who have not been healthy. And what can they actually give? If Duke can stay healthy, if they can get consistent, all of this jumbled lineup, much like last year, will pay off for them in the end. Because whereas last year they were able to figure things out and then go on that run and win the ACC tournament, I think the payoff is for the guard position. For all the time that Proctor has missed, for the times that Jeremy Roach has been struggling through it, it has given Caleb Foster and Jared McCain opportunities to get comfortable with their roles. Now, I think McCain has come on. You know, you talk about these luxuries, right? McCain is almost like a luxury for Duke in that if he can consistently hit shots, that unlocks Duke. I think Foster can give you quality minutes if guys get into foul trouble, which the biggest issue for I have with Duke is up front and Kyle Filipowski and his last two games where he's found himself in, in foul trouble. That's why Ryan Young is playing. That's why I think Mark Mitchell is their most important player to make things go for them. But I like the pieces. I guess that's what it is about Duke. And if we were doing the radio bit, we would be doing a buying or selling. That's always my classic benchmark for radio. Buy, sell. There's all, there's all sorts of ways you could dress it up, but ultimately it comes down to one simple question. Do you like this future? Of the, do you like the future of the team or are you selling on the future of the team? I think Duke is going to lose to Carolina on Saturday. I think they'll ultimately split the series when they come back to Cameron Indoor Stadium because I think by that time, if this trajectory continues, Duke is going to be back into a type, not, maybe not a title contender, but a team that depending on how the bracket breaks out, can make a nice run in the NCAA tournament because quietly, while they're not their preseason form, you know, the preseason that was promised, if you will, you can see why they had that preseason hype and you can see them starting to come together again. Granted, everybody stays healthy. Why are you smart? Uh, the game before the last game, mm -hmm. the Carolina Duke game is the one that determines who goes to the final four. This is true. Except <laughs> this is true. the time that Mike Krzyzewski lost his last home game. But normally that is a game yeah. where, where one of them is a final four contender. Yeah. And the one that is wins that game and goes to the final four. So let's, uh, I wanted to go to the, I wanted to go to Twitter and I wanted to go to the YouTube comments because there's been a lot of reaction to some things that we've said. So let's go ahead and get into YouTube comments. Can are we, are we going to give our App State shout out now? Oh, yes. Thank you for reminding me. Because we owe Kyle Austin a shout out. Yes. And now me... he owes us a trip to the breeze through for some coffee. <laughs> because App State swept James Madison. Mm -hmm. They improved to 17 and 4 on the season. They were only 16 and 16 a year ago. So App State getting it done so much so that I think you perhaps have pulled a few levers with our friend Brett Strelo, the Strees, and hooked us up with. Dustin Kearns for this program. This yeah, week. programming alert. We're going to be talking to Dustin Kearns on tomorrow's show. We're actually taping with him today, and we'll present that on tomorrow's show. Uh, Scott on Twitter, Joe, we don't want to bring attention to Coach Kearns and the program he's building. He and his team are good. We don't want anyone in Raleigh to notice. <laughs> what do you want, y'all? It's just funny to me. It's like, talk about my team, but don't talk about my team. I want to be careful. I want attention, but don't jinx it. That's really what it comes down to. 
which, you know what, actually, before we get into the YouTube comments, speaking of jinxing, I did think that this was amusing from Todd from the mountain. You sell that UNC ticket right now for context. I would never, Todd. I would never take Carolina on purpose to jinx them. You took Carolina when? When did you get this ticket? It was a Friday. You got it Friday? Yeah, 13 to 1 is a good number. Come oh, on. Okay, all right. And Todd continues, I'm dead serious. <laughs> Don't you put that evil on us. If we have any chance of it happening, oh, you will Todd. sell back or destroy that ticket. I, Source, you jinxing the Ravens and nearly jinxing the Niners. I love that Todd is the walking embodiment of what I hate about App State fans. We. Yes, Todd. We. Yes, sir. Uh, friend of the we. program, Ken. Did ask, well, if you're all in on UNC, yeah. is the hoodie no, that getting is my, retired? That's my favorite hoodie. Well, you know what happens when you I, wear that hoodie. No, because I wore it last week. Yeah. And they beat Florida State. All right. See? Maybe it's immune to basketball. See? Maybe it's only maybe it's football only. Well, I, I think they have bigger problems than the sweatshirt, the football team. Yeah, yeah probably, probably. All right. To Utah, to the YouTube comments. We can go to Utah too if you want. Um, there might be an NHL team before you know it. Very MLS-ish of the NHL to be looking at expansion. Again. Again. Hey man, if somebody wants to drop a billion dollars to get in the league, it's a good way to generate some revenue. Uh, from Devin, yeah, instead of acknowledging how outrageous your take about Wake Forest UNC was, you decided to double down. You hate UNC so much. You're either just trying to get a reaction or you're just that biased. There is no one player on Wake except possibly Monsanto that it would take over any guy on Carolina. RJ is light years ahead of anyone on Wake's roster or team. I'm not even going to go down the list of things, and it just continues and continues and continues. I just subscribed to your show a few weeks ago, and now I'm out. I can't listen to this Jillio guy anymore. He's so irritating. Said that you guys can't do a show about North Carolina sports without bias. Just be NC State show, as depressing as that would be. Unsubscribe. Whoa. There's a lot going on there. There is a lot going on there, including all the names that person has. Uh, I mean, that's typical for that's typical for YouTube. This this happens a lot during basketball season, in that I think people sometimes forget what we're supposed to be or what oh. we're about. Okay, we're we're a triangle sports podcast. We talk about UNC. We talk about state. We talk about Duke. We talk about other places too. Yeah, it's not any one particular angle. I mean, if you want sunshines and puppy dogs, okay, cool. There's places for that. But we're trying to be as objective as we possibly can about the things that are going on. I mean, heck, we spent a good chunk of time yesterday praising North Carolina for heaven's sake. Uh, and we got Carolina going up against Duke. Uh, this was from not at all. First off, to say fans' reactions are overreactions because of some implied issue we have with you is to deflect from the things you actually said and whether on their face we're reasonable or not. We aren't reacting to you because we don't like you or let you or, or like what you say about UNC. Well, I'm sure there are some idiots like that. I guess the previous comment, most of us just disagree with your comments and find them pretty unreasonable. Whoa. It, oh, oh, this is a dissertation, man. It was impressive. And I'm not being sarcastic. This was like a long, long reply. And he continues saying, I'm guessing they would probably disagree with all your comments. So not really reasonable here. You state, that those were not performative takes about Wake UNC. And you truly believe them. The reaction from people is not because we think you're trying to trigger us. It's because we believe you, we, we believe you, we believe those things and they weren't entirely, entirely reasonable beliefs. But let's not forget what three things you actually said, Joe. 
You would rather have Wake's roster over UNC. Efton Reed is better than Armando Baycott. This is what you said. RJ Davis would not outplay Boopy Miller and Hunter Salas. And he goes on and on and on and on. And I did respond. Look, man, appreciate the dissertation seriously with the salute emoji. So there's been some reactions still to what had happened last week and how we talk about UNC. That's good. That's good. Okay. These are all good things. I, I agree with you. I agree with you on that. Uh, this is from yesterday's show. Back to the YouTube comments. Uh, this is from Jay May. If any other team was playing quad one games, this is about Duke with a senior leader who was injured and not supposed to play the best player on the team in foul trouble all game. The best player who is wearing a wrist brace goes down with some sort of leg injury, but doesn't let it keep him out of the game. Everyone would be calling them tough as hell saying they found a way to win, but it's Duke. So of course that's not the narrative. Everyone is going with this is reference to Clemson. This is the Clemson game. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't drawing any conclusion. I don't think we were from the game itself. I mean, the I did officiating respond, was part of that game. I it did just, respond to that listener. It just was. I did respond to the listener saying, we'll bring this up tomorrow. Yeah. And he did admit, he's like, look, I get, uh, he says, I'm not saying you guys did that in your analysis. That was fair at the least. Overall, media is keeping the soft label when anyone else would be getting flowers today when it comes to Duke. And I think the toughness question about Duke is a fair question to ask. And the reason why I've brought it up is based on two things. One, what I've watched and what I've seen out of specifically Kyle Filipowski. As one listener pointed out, we need more POW in the Filipowski uh, as of late. And they're absolutely right. I think it's one, what I've seen out of Filipowski compared to what we saw from him last year. Yeah. And his own coach nudging him along to try to unlock that dog in him, if you will. We know Roach has it, and Roach being healthy, I do think, gives Duke a level of toughness or grit or however you want to describe it that they've been lacking. Uh, and Tyrese Proctor being engaged also when he's on, he also shows you that too, that he's that guy. He's got that bus driver energy, as you like to point out. My my criticism simply is from Filipowski, as much as he is lauded as an ACC Player of the Year candidate, I can look at Ken Palm. He's like currently number two in the National Player of the Year rankings. But I know it's it's kind of wild, but... The stats for Filipowski are there, but unfortunately, I just don't see it consistently enough out of Filipowski. Not saying he can't do it because I know he's capable of doing it. I think it just kind of comes down to consistently doing it down the line. I think that's why everybody loves Carolina right now. They've consistently been doing it on their way to 9-0 and in conference play. I also think the sum of Carolina, I think Carolina's playing better than the sum of their parts. Agree. We, we all love that kind of story, right? Mm-hmm. They also had a, a failure last year. They're overcoming a failure from last year. Duke's trying to extend something. And as I love to tell people, it's real easy to go to from bad or average to good. Real mm-hmm. easy. It's um, it's really, really difficult to go from good to great. From Frank on Twitter, I'm trying to work out the Jillio logic here. Home teams are supposed to get calls at home, except for Duke, who only gets <laughs> well, a call at home because they are Duke. I didn't say that. I said that. <laughs> I, I, but that call, like you said it was a foul. I, I thought it, it was a foul. It didn't look like a foul to me. Okay, to me, it was uh, a foul. It was a pretty, pretty straight-up foul to me. I think I think home teams get more calls than than the, than the road team. Yeah. Like that one state penalty, Zay Flowers, by the way. We, we have some real issues, sir. Next year at Festivus, we will be, uh, we'll be airing some <laughs> grievances with you, sir. Sure. Um, sure. <laughs> home teams get more calls. Usually the ranked home team gets pretty much every call. Uh, That's human nature. That's human nature. This is from Jordan. 
talking about Duke. They're 16 and four with five quad one wins dealing with injuries throughout. Hasn't always been pretty, but they're mostly getting the job done. Yeah, I think everybody's in agreement on that. And I'll just wrap my points on Duke specifically to say, I get that the pieces are there. I get that there's reasons why it hasn't looked pretty all the time. Yeah. I'm buying Duke. I I think I'm buying Duke. I think people can, both things can be true. Yes. We judge Duke and Carolina based on their standard, Mm -hmm. not this individual team. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. So when Carolina fans are like, man, this team's really good, our instinct is to say, no, man, like the 09 team was like here. So I'm glad you <laughs> And when that you up. say somebody's great, that's what we mean. That's what we all time is what we mean. Like it, for Duke, like you're sitting here saying, oh, they have these, this, they have this many wins, they have that, they have, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting here going, well, Duke pointed out last night, I don't have the tweet in front of me, but Duke pointed out how they had their best winning percentage since February of 22 and their best January yeah. since. And maybe these are all good things for, yeah. for this year's team. Sure. But I don't see Jason Tatum. I don't see Zion Williamson. Mm-hmm. I don't see the conspicuous talent that in this, you know, one and done era that they have gone through. That's how their, their most logical path to success has been that is. So you get judged by your, your standard is what you, you get judged by. Now I wish as these fans are pointing out that we could put ourselves more in the moment of, okay, well, what does this team look like relative to the rest of the ACC? Mm-hmm. What does this team look like relative to the rest of college basketball? Now, those are, like I said, both of those things can be true. Mm-hmm. So when you, when I hear you say Duke could be in the final four, I'm sitting here thinking, what are you talking about? And then I realize San Diego state, Florida Atlantic yep. and Miami, a Miami team that had three good guards last mm-hmm. year made the final four bracket. Luck is real. It's a real thing. I'm glad you brought that up. Because this idea of elite, sometimes I think there's two things that are going on here. I think the first one is people of a certain age, people like you and me, we're old enough to remember 2009 for Carolina. We're old enough to remember some elite level Duke teams. Okay. So that's issue number one. We've been around a long time, so we've seen a lot of basketball, and we can kind of compare and contrast where the ACC was at that time, how these individual teams are stacked compared to the other ones, right? Then the other factor is youth makes it so that you don't remember those teams. So younger fans see this Carolina team in particular. They see the metrics, and they go, man, this team's elite. Well, hold up, all right? And I want to be really crystal clear with what I'm about to say. I'm not saying that North Carolina is a fraud. North Carolina is one of the best teams in the country. And while the metrics do spit out that they are this elite defensive team, are you telling me that they're as good as previous Carolina squads that have gone on to win national championships? The answer to that is no, they're not. But again, two things can be true. You can look at the metrics and say, hey, man, this this is really, really awesome. But then try to understand why. And the reason why is because Carolina is committed to playing defense on an individual level. Do I think that these guys compared to previous Carolina teams? No, but in the way that they play, the way that they understand their roles, the way they are committed to playing defense, it puts them in a position compared to the rest of college basketball, compared to the rest of the ACC that elevates them into national title discussions. Again, I like Carolina. But I want to dial back what they are compared to everything else. 
they well, do you, they, they do what have, they're asked to do and but, that's all sometimes it's as simple as that by the sure. way sometimes it's just as simple as hey Hubert Davis wants this team to play this way. They're doing exactly that. It's not like Carolina and Hubert Davis are scheming up things any different than they were last year. What's the difference? They got a team that gets along. They got a team that understands their roles. They got a team that actually gives a damn and plays defense, and it's paying off for them. There's also two data points on Carolina's resume, the Kentucky and UConn games that are... They lost those games. Yeah. That while they were competitive in the Kentucky game, they really weren't all that competitive in the Mm -hmm. UConn game. Again, bracket luck is real. There's no, there's no, no, there's nothing that says they're going to have to beat Kentucky and UConn to win mm-hmm. the national championship. They, heck, my friends at Virginia will tell you, you can only beat the teams in front of you. <laughs> this is true. You don't, you don't get to choose. <laughs> this is true. This is true. You can only take care of your business. Housekeeping. Speaking of business, let's take care of some housekeeping business. Thanks to our friends at Edovana. Check them out online, enovana.com. That's E-N-O-V-A-N-A.com. Green cleaning. The green cleaning is pretty self-explanatory, but let's get it down to the most basic level. We talked about saving money. There's also saving time and investing money into getting back time. And that's- Yeah, what's your time worth? What is your time worth? Is your time worth spending a weekend hanging out, doing things you want to do? Or it's, Oh man, I got to clean the bathroom. Oh man, I got to vacuum. I got to do X, Y, Z. I know I don't. I'm actually even, I've actually enjoyed some weekends that there's no hockey. I can just chill. I didn't want to clean. This is where Inovana comes in. So check them out online, Inovana.com. No contracts. You can do a one-time cleaning. You can set up regular services. Just contact them today. They will work with you. Just like Joe and I like to work with our sponsors. What what can we do? How's it going to work for you? They're going to do the same thing with y'all and your house and your needs when it comes to cleaning. So again, check them out online at enovana.com. Head on over to breakingtea.com slash OG. One of our listeners figured out what the next shirt's going to be. Yeah, Mike. Mikey. Mike figured it out. Yeah. Mike figured it out. Uh, I'm just waiting to get back the final designs to see what it looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the you know, do we include just certain states? Do we include we just do oh, no, we do not acknowledge. We don't acknowledge Florida. other states. No. no, 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 no. What I'm saying is like if, if we do the old school conference one, right? It yeah. would just be Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, right? Well, Maryland. Nah, screw Maryland. No, they, that's in the logo. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're going to rework the logo to make it work for our okay. general audience. Because the other option was just the state of North Carolina. And we, you know, we do the big four. And then we also highlight App and ECU. No, Charlotte. That's got to be the. You want the actual states. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll make that work. Because, you know, we only really spend time if we talk about things outside North Carolina. We're only talking about Virginia stuff and Clemson. Yeah. Right? We're not acknowledging. We're not acknowledging. I, I acknowledge the Terps. It's fine. But. And, then, and we're getting rid of Florida anyway. Right. Florida State's <laughs> on the got way out. <laughs> Miami doesn't count. <laughs> no, They've I'm, never contributed anything. Anymore. No, I mean, oh, uh, Final uh, Four in no, basketball. No, Jim Laranig is actually. <laughs> Final Four in basketball. Yeah, Jim Laranig has actually contributed for the ACC. Football. They've never contributed so, anything yeah. in football. BreakingT.com slash OG. Again, that's BreakingT.com slash OG. Go buy some OG merch. Uh, and keep in mind, the Tecmo Bowl tournament is this Sunday, 1 o'clock at Shady's in Garner. Email us if you want to participate. 25 bucks to enter. Cash to the winner. It's going to be a lot of fun. Or just hang out. Either way, just hang out. We're going to be at Shady's in Garner starting at 1 o'clock. Big thanks to Whitaker and Hamer for sponsoring Ovis and Julio and helping us put this Tecmo Super Bowl tournament together. Check them out at wh.lawyer. Yeah, I mean, you may have a stray 
reckless driving ticket. You may need some help uh, closing on a business sale. You may need some family law issues. Any of those things, all of those things. Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer, they've got you covered. Check them out at the world's greatest URL, wh.lawyer. Also, big thanks to Breeze Through, locations across the Triangle, locations across North Carolina, and most importantly for Gilio and his purposes, the Breeze Through across from PNC Arena. You brought this up to me, and I'm still... I'm still wondering if I if I'm feeling up to it. You want to do a show because Scott Wood's not available this week for Law of the Wolf. Correct. He's he's out of town this week. And you want to do a show after the state Miami game? Tonight, yes. You're gonna be awake for that? I think that will be the only way I will be awake is if I promise the people a show. Do do we need to unpack the equipment or pack uh, up the equipment and take it? Do we? I feel like we could gorilla this one it'll be how well like via the phone it'll be post game oh you're saying we would still need microphones like you're gonna do wi-fi you you trust the wi-fi of a pnc i think i can find us a (laughs) ethernet cord (laughs) in one of the booths up there all right just something to keep in mind just something to keep in mind are you committed you've never been on the law of the wolf (sighs) i don't know i don't know how i feel about it all right you know, I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I'm, I'm not about that life. Remember, Wolfpack ain't for soft people. It is not. Have you seen these hands? These are soft hands. They've never had their hand in the dirt. All right. <laughs> I don't wear fish belts. Okay. It's not what I do. Have we ever found a fish belt, by the way? Yeah. Uh, really? Yeah. All you get, a, there's certain places. What this tells me is that you haven't been to certain places in Raleigh where mm-hmm. you would see fish belts. Mm-hmm. Like it's a uniform. I don't even know what they are. It's like from uh, Southern Tide, I think is the name of the company. Is like the the head is like shaped like a fish or? No, it has a fish pattern on it. Oh, okay. So it's got like their favorite like fish. Or like a nautical. Yeah, yeah. I've seen belts like that. But yeah, there's like, there's a uniform in Raleigh at times. There's various uniforms. Like everybody's got their tribe. Sure. Right. Like I'm sure that we can go to some places. You have literally worn a Walt Disney sweatshirt every day this week so yes it's, everyone has it's, a uniform it's only tuesday is this a challenge all right it's a challenge i'll see what i can fish out for tomorrow if only they had some money laying around to poor struggling poor poor struggling disney yeah won't somebody think of the corporations and mickey mouse <laughs> if only yeah but there's uniforms it's like i can make for instance there is a young journalist uniform yeah like you've seen skinny. You, yeah. Skinny they, they, they look like, they look like Andrew Carter. Yeah. And he's wearing the air journalist ones, which are the Nike kill shot twos. Yes. They're the white Nikes, usually with a green or a red uh, swoosh. And they're the low tops. You can get them at J crew. You can probably go on StockX and get them on, on the cheap. That's the uniform. Yeah. That is the uniform, right? Just like there's an old ACC guy uniform. He's wearing a ACC tournament polo from 1993. Ooh. My uniform, my uniform is just vintage clothes. Anyway, we digress. Head on over to Breeze Through. Go buy some coffee. It'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline, we surprised him. It's Luke DeCock, News and Observer. He is wearing a hat that signifies... Uh, it's Masters Week uniform. That that's always my favorite. Uh, that's when you want to stunt the week after. Like yeah. I'm not going to tell you I went to the Masters, but hey, check out this merch I bought. Like this new non-Masters color quarter zip I bought. 
He, um, <laughs> Joe has a way of walking backwards into triggering Luke and I over old newspaper scars. And you just, you just, you just did another one. Yeah. What, what did I do now? You just did another one. What did I do? Ask Luke how many times we got to cover the masters. Oh, zero. Mm-hmm. Right. Boy, I almost broke. I know you guys don't play by FCC rules. <laughs> so, that, that one was fun. Well, so, I just got to ask. I talked so into the previous discussion as I was in the waiting room. Yeah. Was the, were we talking about fish belts again? Yeah, how we got there. Yeah, some, no, 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 because Joe Scott Wood's not here this week, but Law of the Wolf still has to happen. Uh-huh. And Joe proposed that we do a show after tonight's UNC Miami, uh, UNC or NC State Miami game uh, from PNC Arena. And I'm just gotcha. like, I don't know if I'm about that Law of the Wolf life, man. You know, my hands are soft; they haven't been in the dirt, fit, and that's why I brought up fish belts. That's gotcha. why. Yes, do you own a fish belt, Joe? I don't own a belt. Even ironically? No. no. I thought like you might own like an ironic like vintage fish belt from that they gave out at WKNC as a promotion in ninety three or something. No. no, the belt says corporate rock sucks. That's what, uh, <laughs> that's what the belt would say if it was a WKNC. It's a radio head belt. Now now we're talking. Now oh, now we're radio. talking. You actually want to talk to Luke about what he came on to talk about? I do. All right, hold I on do. a second. Hold on a second. Is it we're moving on. <laughs> Is it NC State basketball? No, it's no. not NC State basketball, but it's their it's their neighbor. It's their uh, their arena mates, the Carolina Hurricanes at the break. I, I wanted to get back to a column that you wrote. I think it was after the Minnesota game. And they lost that game. And the crux of the of the column was essentially. Yeah, it's a regular season game, but it was the kind of game that has bothered the Carolina Hurricanes. And it's one of those, oh, no, is it going to be like this again when they get to the playoffs? Basically controlling a game, but still finding a way to lose. And And the reason why I bring it up is that the Hurricanes have been kind of a mixed bag in how we talk about them. And I think the reason why there's a mix, they've been a mixed bag is that classic push and pull of, the regular season doesn't matter, but it does because it sets you up for the postseason. Yeah, and I, I, as we talked about sort of ad nauseum, I think in October and November, there was a hard time. They had a hard time getting to that game because it's hard to play and because it's October and because it's November and you've just come off the conference finals. And there's a big difference between four one-goal losses to Florida in the conference finals and playing Columbus or whoever on a Tuesday night. So I, I, I think we've seen sort of the you run the gamut of reactions. I, if you were to put a point on it, though, I would say, one, this team has a higher ceiling in that respect than they've shown during the regular season in terms of sort of shooting percentage, which is basically what it comes down to offensively because they are going to get chances. Um, they've played some really, really good games um, in terms of limiting chances. Uh, that, that is their style. So they've shown that they can get to it. And they've sort of lumbered through or continued to surmount some terrible goaltending. I mean, it it, it hasn't been as bad lately as it was in early December, so you don't notice it as much. Um, But statistically, Antti Ranta is one of the worst goalies in the league. Piotr Kachekov is well below average. Even Freddie Anderson was a hair below average before he went on walkabout. So it's very difficult to comprehend just how bad the goaltending they've gotten has 
has been, which says two things. One, they've actually played really well in the big picture to overcome this really, really subpar by NHL standards goaltending, which as it hasn't been bad lately, but it's never been great. Um, even the games where they, the goaltenders have looked great, typically they've only faced eight or nine chances, eight or nine real chances. So you're, you're, it's always kind of a low bar, um, which they just ask them to clear. That's not a denigrating anybody. Um, and the flip side of that is the goaltending they've gotten will not be good enough to win in the playoffs. So they've either got to get Peter Kachekov to a higher level, which is possible. They've got to get Freddie Anderson back, which is sort of questionable at this point, or they've got to make a move. And they, what they've done is by sort of muddling through December and January after that blip in the, on the West, the West Canada road trip, they bought themselves time. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to make that decision right now. And the longer you wait because of the options that are out there and the prices for them and whether or not they're any better than the guys they have now, the longer you wait, the, the more options you're going to have, the less of a price you're actually going to end up paying. Um, and they've managed to avoid doing uh, letting happen to them what happened to the New Jersey Devils, which is bad goaltending has basically sunk their season and they're trying to get their head above water. The Hurricanes, like the Oilers, have gotten good enough goaltending for the rest of their team to shine. So um, they've, they've salvaged their season. Like the fact that the Hurricanes are where they are in the standings yeah. with the goaltending they've gotten right. is like the eighth day. Like, and on the eighth day, God created this miracle. So <laughs> it's, 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 it's really, really surprising. And, and, and look, there's a lot of low hanging fruit to pick on the other side of that coin. Mm-hmm. Like Dmitry Orlov's finally starting to look like he fits in. Um, Yasperi Kokami has scored once since Thanksgiving. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys, Michael Bunting needs to score more. That's why he mm-hmm. was brought in. There's a lot of guys who can do better. And if we can get to that, see them get to that, the ceiling for the Hurricanes gets a lot higher. Maybe they can win in the playoffs with average goaltending. One thing, uh, Luke, in the last game, they beat Arizona in, in a classic Canes game. They're controlling this whole thing. And yet it's still one-to-one and there's a minute left and you're going, oh man, they're going to go into the break like this. Uh, and fortunately, they scored two goals there in the last 36 seconds. But after the game, one of the things Rod had said about, you know, going into the break, obviously they're two points behind the Rangers. He's like, you know, <laughs> I kind of love it when Rod wants to talk about something, but like he's still not at the point in yeah, his life where he's yeah. like, "Can you just please?" Like the, like the times he has he has texted you, like, "Hey, can you please just ask me about this so, <laughs> so I can talk about it?" Uh, is no one going to ask me about this? Uh, the schedule, and he yeah. was talking about, "Hey, like we, we were on the road like forever," <laughs> like, yeah. and and he hasn't tried to diminish the struggles in goal, but I think he was wanting to talk about, "Hey, now look, look at what we've done." In uh, as you said in January, as they've kind of overcome it on the eighth day, I, I think a lot of that has been not being uh, on the road as much, yeah. and finding yeah. some comfort in in the way that they want to play. Yeah, no, it helps, and and you know I think they've they've had some blips, right? There was the Jordan Stall come to Jesus where he was waiting at his locker in December to tell everybody that they they needed to get on the horse, and then there was the Jordan Stall personal come to Jesus where he you know they basically told couple of us about how frustrated he was and then went out two games later and scored a huge goal. So, you know, there's been progress. There's been, um, uh, there's been a progression. Um, there's been an evolution um, that they've, they've gotten to their game more often and it's easier to do at home. There's no question about that, but they've also thrown some clunkers at home. Um, it can be a double-edged sword at times, especially, you know, as a former hurricanes coach occasionally would like to say the first game home after a road trip is always the toughest. Toughest one. <laughs> toughest one, but they have a they have a great zone time, Joe. Did you see our zone time? They have a favorable schedule 
the rest of the way. They do. Um, yeah. If they can get better goaltending, if they can get some more contributions from up and down the roster where they haven't gotten them, and they have gotten them from some places. I think mm-hmm. we'd all agree Jack Drury's production over the last month and a half has been outstanding in, the, in that role. So, um, you know, if they can just kind of fill in some of the blanks, get some better goaltending, the schedule does lay out for them to pass the Rangers and win the division again. We'll get out of here on on this. They can have a favorable favorable schedule. We can get caught up, and I know, Joe, this happens to you, where you look at the Florida Panthers and they're on this incredible heater. It doesn't mean anything once you get to the postseason. I feel like when we talk about the Canes, I've finally come around to it's really that simple. Goaltending. I fought it. I fought it for the longest time. I really did. But now I've just accepted it. It's goaltending. And there's way too many questions right now related to goaltending that gives me the confidence in the Carolina Hurricanes going forward. If you were to tell me, that everybody's back and healthy, I'd be about it. But I just don't know. If they made a move, kind of mortgage the future because they believe in this goaltender, okay, well, then maybe I come around on it. But right now, it's unknown, man. Yeah, and and it's funny because, you you know, I remember when the team was kind of coming out of that slump in mid-December and toward Christmas, and you'd go in the locker room and, you know, you'd talk to the players and they'd have all kinds of answers. And it wasn't BS. I mean, they genuinely believed that. Oh, sure. We're, 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 we're playing our game more. We're tighter defensively, blah, blah, blah. And then you'd go out and say something to Rod about, you know, uh, so-and-so. Well, yeah, I mean, that's true. But, I mean, the reality is we're getting better goaltending. Right. Like, and he said it again the other night uh, yeah. after the Devils game. Like, yeah, I mean, we played all right and we limited their chances and whatever. But the reality is we're getting better goaltending. And I, I think increasingly in the modern NHL, the teams that people put on the ice, with the exception of a McDavid or a McKinnon or an Ajo and sure. these type of players, the vast majority of the players on the ice are all pretty good at this point. You don't, you're not carrying them sort of Kevin Hatchers around anymore. Um, literally. It's okay. But you know, it's, it's, it, 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 it does come down to goaltending because that is what ends up being the biggest variable. So I do think they have to get that sorted out. That said, you get one goaltender who gets hot, like Aiden Hill or Jordan Bennington, you can win a Stanley cup. Um, Aiden Hill this year, Bennington, you know, in, in, in 19. So, you know, that there is the, you, you just never know. Goaltenders have this wild range of outcomes, yeah. but I do think, as we get closer to the deadline, they are going to have to assess, is it worth picking up a big contract? Are we better off with a John Gibson? Does, you know, Mark andre Fleury, whose numbers have been terrible, want to come here? And would we be better with someone with that kind of experience than rolling the dice on, a, you know, on, on Peter the Puck Dodger, the, the crazy Russian? So it's it's a little, it's, 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 it's a fluid situation. But again, I think they bought time. They didn't make a panic move in early December, yeah. which, you know, a lot of people wanted them to do. I thought they would be honest. I'm yeah. In, I mean, we're all kind of in that boat. Um, and now they, they're in a, a more of a position of strength, the way the team's playing. Luke Takak, columnist, news and observer, um, hip to the game. We're going to make that masters things happen, man. I'm very excited about this. We'll talk to you later. See you guys. Big thanks to Luke DeCock for hanging out with us and big thanks to Homefield. Check them out online, homefieldapparel.com. Use that promo code OG23 to save 15% off your order. It is basketball time, as we've mentioned, and they got a lot of great basketball tees and they got new ones dropping in February and March to get you in that tournament mood, Joe. Get ready. Get swagged out. Use the code OG23. Save 15%. Also, big thanks to Hometown Realty, myhtr.com. Buy, sell, you can calculate. This is about new construction, right? A lot of stuff that's being sold right now is new construction. 
And with the rates coming down ever so slightly, it can really kickstart things and hometown realty can help you handle that. Yeah, it's January and maybe you're thinking, well, we'll we'll look at, you know, moving at the end of the school year. Mm -hmm. Well, if that's the case, you want to get ahead of that curve, get ahead of that frenzy. Go to myhtr.com. They have six locations from here to the coast. They have more than 250 agents. This is not some mom and pop shop. This is the this is the best there is. So go to myhtr.com. Also, thanks to Butcher's Market. We're doing the show live from the Butcher's Market, Lake Boone Shopping Plaza on Thursday, two o'clock. Drop on by. Eat a steak and cheese. Shout out to Adam uh, or question to Adam. Can we use the Ethernet cord? Pretty please. He's going to have to get it out of the, the car wash. Yeah, because Kenneth has us set up and ready to go. But he was like, hey, I have a spot for you. You just need a cord. But I don't have a, I don't think I have a cord that m- will be the one that you need. So I was like, okay, I, can, I think yeah. I know someone. Okay. I think right. I know someone. But even better, Guess we'll I know where to him. get an unbelievable steak and cheese sandwich. I know where to get those signature steak tips. I know where to get the homemade hot dogs. I know where to get best tater skins there are. I know where to find the best tortellini salad that I enjoy tremendously. Uh, these are all things they have at the butcher's market. The butcher's market truly is a place where you go and you get something. You're like, oh man, that was really good. And then, then you get the conundrum of what am I going to get? And then mm-hmm. you realize whatever you get is going to be great. New Florida State ACC drama just dropped. Joe, are you ready? Hit me. All right, this is from warchant.com. I'm going to pull it up on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube. This is the headline, Florida State takes aim at former ACC Commissioner John Swafford in amended complaint. Before I even read this, Joe, how much you want to bet this is about the Raycom deal? How much do you want to bet that they've finally gone, they've, they've fully formed the, the, the actualized message board personification in lawyer form Let's talk about Chad, Chad Swafford, and how we got screwed with the Raycom deal. And that's why we're in the position we're in. How much you want to bet that's what this is? Got to be. Ding, 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 ding. That's exactly what it is. In a 59-page amended complaint for declaratory judgment, 21 pages longer than the original complaint, they took sharp aim at former Commissioner John Swafford for a number of allegedly self-serving actions. It says cost member schools millions upon millions of dollars. FSU's attorneys also rebutted several claims from and questioned the legality of the ACC's complaint, which was filed a couple of weeks ago. The phrase self-dealing, again, this is from warchant.com. Ira Schofield wrote this. That allegation, which is raised repeatedly through the document, suggests that Swafford for years was acting in in the best interest of its son, Chad, and his son's employment with ACC television partner Raycom Sports, over the needs of the conference and its member schools. The complaint contends that ACC schools have lost $82 million each year in revenue from their Tier 2 and Tier 3 media rights as a result of the conference's sweetheart deal with Raycom, a regional sports network in Charlotte. According to the new filing, Chad Swafford was the director of business development at Raycom Sports in 2008 when the SEC sold all of its media rights to ESPN, cutting Raycom out of the deal for the first time in over two decades. A Sports Business Journal article cited in the complaint stating that 20 Raycom employees were laid off as a result. Quote, through just recently, though just recently employed by Raycom Sports, Chad Swafford was spared in the employee cut, 
noting that roughly 80% of the media outfit's revenues were coming from the ACC at the time. And when the conference's media rights came up for bid on the open market in 2010, Florida State alleges John Swafford made it clear to ESPN and Fox that Raycom needed to be involved in the package. It goes on and on and on. And they cite other articles like Forbes from 2012 with the ESPN deal featuring a headline, did ACC teams get ripped off with this new ESPN contract? Pointing out that the Big 12 were making $3 million more per school than those in the ACC. Also citing a Sports Business Journal article around the same time, claiming the the conference deal was outdated because the Pac-12 had just signed a bigger contract with Fox. There's a couple of things here, Joe, that I wanted to get to, including that last part about the Big 12 and the Pac-12 and things like that and big television deals and everything else. Are you surprised that Florida State finally went to the Chad Swafford Raycom card? I think this has been a topic uh, that, I, that I've, I've talked about with Debbie Yao on Law of the Wolf. Mm-hmm. This has been a topic that others in, in other iterations that we've talked about. Yeah. In how, what is there a legitimate purpose to what Raycom was doing for the league? Mm-hmm. And I, I think even the most deranged of conspiracy theorists, which we, we've, I think we've hit. I think we've hit that with Florida I think State, even yeah. they would have to acknowledge that there is an actual production role that Raycom played. Mm-hmm. Do I think there's a inappropriate, obviously familial um, benefit to what had happened? Yeah. Absolutely. I just started watching I, Sopranos, but, so it's the family business. Yeah, but do, do I think that happens in every form of business? And would I do the same thing for my son? Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, uh, wow, John Swafford, what a, I can't believe you did this. We know this deal comes off the books, though. It does. In, at the end of 26. It does. And it will equal more money for these schools. We, we know that. So financially, they have a sound financial argument. Yeah. There, there's no doubt about that. Now, some of their timing, though, I think is off of when, you know, when was the ACC actually going to get a network? I don't. I don't think the ACC network really was in play until in in, in earnest. Joe, sixteen, seventeen. It was eighteen. It wasn't. And that, this I think, argument back to twelve. I, I think that's a specious argument. Yeah, this is. Uh, it's funny. I'm actually going back to going back to notes um, from the summer when it comes to money and things like that. So it, this is actually one of the benefits of since we've moved to podcasting. I've actually done a much better job of keeping your notes, keeping my notes and things like that. So I had to go all the way back to when we talked about this back in September, when it comes to the kind of money and, and things like that, the PAC 12, I wanted to address real quick because Florida PAC state 12 or big 12, the PAC 12, because okay. Florida state invokes the PAC 12 in a sports business journal article about how the PAC 12 got a better deal from Fox. What did that get the PAC 12? Does the PAC 12 still exist? Just because you have more TV money doesn't necessarily mean that everything is going to be great. And when you're coming at it, from the And that's the one thing, if you have any takeaway from any of these conversations related to Florida State and the ACC, Florida State has not wanted to be inside the ACC for a long time. They're just not, they don't. Yeah, from our conversations with Holden Thorpe, it, this was one of, not the Raycom specifically, yeah. but their concerns do go back. They go back. Florida State has not wanted to be in this conference for a very long time. They're constantly complaining, constantly complaining about all their all the all the issues that they're dealing with are somebody else's fault. It's your fault. If we just if we just had more money, if we had a better TV deal, 
having a better TV deal doesn't mean squat if schools are not motivated to stay and they're chasing a bigger payday. And let's say that this Raycom deal went differently. Let's say the ACC, because you, you brought up the network. When all these things were taking place, you and I both know, and heck, we can bring Luke DeCock back on. We all know that back in 2008, 2010 timeframe, when these things were getting knocked out, the ACC was not getting a network. No. Okay. They were just not getting a network. Now, if you start getting to 2012, could they have expedited the process of getting the network if they went all in on ESPN in the same way that the SEC did? Maybe, but you're looking at an ACC network that launches in 2016 rather than 2019. But the same issues, the same issues still present themselves with the ACC today, whether you got the network in 2016 or 2019. You also have to still pay for the production of the games. And that's where Raycom comes into play. And Raycom, you know, people talk about Raycom and, and its role and things like that. There's a couple, there's a couple benefits to it. ESPN is not in the business of running everything. They sub-license people all the time sure. to run their stuff. And Raycom really is a backbone to a lot of the production that you see today, even for the ACC network. Even with Raycom coming off the books, they're still being utilized. And CW is CW. kind of like yeah. the, the ghost of Raycom, if you will. And there's also, I was told a long time ago when it came to TV ratings, in terms of visibility, those Raycom games that were over the air, sometimes, and even sometimes on the Valley Sports or Fox Sports Carolinas at the time, those were getting better ratings than some of the ESPNU games because they were more regional games that people cared about at that time. So there's all sorts of factors that come into play. But as it relates to as, as it relates to money and all this stuff coming off the books and whatnot, I don't think this is a bad play by Florida no, it's State, not. though. It's not. Because you're trying to demonstrate a loss of income, right? Yes. So you, they can point to the books and say in 26 when this comes off, we are going to get per school $3 million more per per school per year. Yeah. So there, there's a legitimate financial point to this other than, you know, they're obviously trying to negatively paint Swafford in the nepotism light here. I mean, I, and I get that. I don't know how much that plays in court, but I think the, the actual math equation is on their side. All they're trying to do, Joe, is reduce the rate that it's going to cost them to get out of the deal. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's exactly it. Essentially, what we're dealing with here is when this all started, it really just started the process of playing the game. It started the math problem and both sides figuring out what's the number number is going to be. Bubba said to us, what's the number? What is the number? Now, I'm going to do this again. Yesterday, I had to do this for the purposes of signing my kid up for hockey camp. I'm going to mm-hmm. pause the podcast again because I thought I had it in my notes. I'm going to find this in my notes as it relates to the Raycom deal because you brought something up in terms of money. To get really nerdy and into the weeds, yeah. the ACC is going to be getting more money soon when the Raycom stuff comes off the book. So please hold. Hold, please. The Raycom sub-licensing deal is coming off the books in 2026. Mm-hmm. And this is something that you and I have talked about. We've talked about it with Debbie Yao. We've talked about it with Holden Thorpe. I've talked to industry insiders about this kind of stuff. And the part that people failed to recognize and why I kept arguing why you should not expand, why you should not add Cal, Stanford, and SMU from our mouths to feed is because the ACC is about to get an influx of cash when it's all ESPN, when the extension kicks in in 2026, okay? Theoretically. Right. Theoretically, because we found out. We didn't know about the we didn't unilateral know that, extension. We, we didn't know about that part. So, so thank that, you, Florida State. That was new information, <laughs> which shout out to Florida State. It's been told to us 
that the ACC is going to get $250 million more a year out of this new deal. The average annual value will go up, you know, to $250 million. And I think it ended up being what, like five to six to $7 million extra coming to each school. Something to that effect, I think right? originally the number was three. And the, the number that Florida State's using here is three mil per year. But per it school. keeps going up. And this gets back to my notes and something I had jotted down in that the 26 to 2035 deal, the extension actually gets elevated to half a billion dollars, $500 million of average annual value, not the 250 that has been reported. And what's been told to us, I've been told by somebody else that it's actually 500 million which again, just bolsters my argument that they never should have expanded because you were about to get more money per school. But this, to go forward, totally understand where Florida State is coming from. I would have done the same thing. But if I'm the ACC, now I fight back. And if I'm the ACC, if I'm Jim Phillips, if I'm doing this correctly, I now start to go back and keep receipts on what Florida State hasn't been doing in the ACC. To get in front of a judge, look, these were deals that were done before me. I've been trying to get this thing off the ground, try to find a better way to make the ACC financials work, but we do not have somebody that's invested in making it work for the rest of the conference like everybody else. When you go and look at leadership positions, when you go look at the other schools like Bubba and UNC, where they will communicate with other schools, do you know who's not? Do you know who's been going rogue this entire time? You know who actually went, hey, what can-? it's a meeting. I know how much you love meetings, Joe. You got 15 different people sitting at that table. Florida State is just sitting, arms crossed, in the back of the room. We're not doing anything. We hate everything. They're the complainer in the meeting. They're not looking for any solutions. They're not looking for ways to help. They're not doing any of that stuff. They're just malcontents. We're sitting in the corner, arms folded, don't care, don't want to be here. I'm looking for another job. That's what Florida State is. They're quiet quitting. Essentially, uh, Florida State doesn't well, do anything quiet. quiet. No, no, no. Florida State doesn't do anything quiet, man. <laughs> they're, they're 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 shouting quitting. Yeah, that's that's all <laughs> loud that is. quitting. That's all it is. So that's what I would I would throw back at Florida State. Get in front of a judge and just because again, it's not like they don't have records of all these meetings. Every spring meeting, every AD meeting, text messages, all that stuff. You could just say, "Hey guys, I get it. You hate the deal, but what have you done to actually help the conference?" And they could easily say, nothing. You've done nothing to help the conference. Hell, you don't even win enough to help the conference. So there's that. Something to keep an eye on. It's getting ugly. And like we said from the jump, Joe, when the lawsuits actually happen, this is just going to be a continuation. We're going to get this all summer. It's going to be a fun ACC kickoff in July. Or like (laughs) like we've surmised, there's a deal to be made. I think the deal gets made. I Uh, think the compromise is coming. The more you let the more you let this stuff out, the the worse it gets for all sides. You know what I mean? Yeah. Particularly the ACC. I love how they've already countered with a breach of contract by simply exposing the unilateral clause for ESPN to uh continue the deal that's, after twenty six. That's a trade secret, Joe. Mm, can't, sure. Can't be exposing the sure. trade secrets. Because NC State and North Carolina and all the other public schools don't take any public money. <laughs> right. Got it. <laughs> Got it. It's time to get back into my notes to see where we were. And we want to thank State Farm for sponsoring Ovias and Jillio. Check them out at 
insuregarner.com, the OG insurance.com, or call Matt Davis directly at State Farm and Garner 919-779-8277. Yeah, do yourself a favor. Figure out if you're save you could save money. Again, the theme of this program. Save yourself some money. Do what Florida State did. Look at your contracts and realize, <laughs> hey, I could go with a better vendor. I could go with Matt Davis and State Farm. Go check them out at theoginsurance.com. Also, thanks to Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority, BugsBite.com, Joe. And I found Troy's email. Oh, okay. Thank you. Figured I would let you know. Also, Troy in there was giving me a hard time about the Tar Heels, which I, I appreciate. Uh, but he said, figured I'd let you know. I went with Pest Authority for a full crawl space encapsulation, that moisture barrier I've been nice. talking about. Nice. I made sure I told him I heard about it from you, but I also wanted you to know. Pretty big purchase, and I would have never known about it without your ads. Also adding their yearly termite service. I know the little things to help you guys out. Yes, you do, Troy. And you're protecting your home in the process. The moisture barrier underneath the house really is a big deal. And I'm glad you were listening to this program. And I'm glad you reached out. You guys can do the same. Go to bugsbite.com. Hayes Lancaster does not believe in contracts, but does believe in saving you money. Go to bugsbite.com, enter your zip code, and you'll see all kinds of ways to save and to protect your home. We like to say positive vibes only, five stars only, positive vibes only. Unfortunately, the vibes around the ACC basketball and the amount of teams you're going to get in the NCAA tournament, they are not positive. Two now, right? That's what. That's where we are? Yeah, that the, we're back on the, the ACC is only going to get two bids to the NCAA tournament. Let's cut to the chase. Here's what's happening. The college basketball tastemakers have figured out they control you, ACC fans. That's what this is. Uh, to do a callback, NC State fans know exactly what I'm talking about. It's the Jeff Goodman effect. Jeff Goodman would purposely tweet things knowing he was going to get a rise out of people. I mean, how many times did Jeff Goodman say something about NC State that oh, gets, yeah, yeah. you know, the James Curls's of the world yeah. nuts? Yeah. Like, I can't believe Jeff Goodman said this. And you know what? If you don't like what Jeff Goodman says, just block him, right? So this is now, I, I use that as an example because what's happening now is that it's the same principle applied to the entirety of the conference. And Joe, what do I love to say? It's provocative. It gets, gets the, the people, people going. going. And that's where John Rothstein comes into play. John Rothstein is a college basketball insider. He does things for uh, CBS. You'll see him on TV a whole bunch of times. And John Rothstein decided to tweet this out the other day after Clemson lost at the last minute to Duke at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Another unintended consequence of today's ending between Duke and Clemson, the possibility of the ACC only getting two teams in the NCAA tournament on Selection Sunday just increased. Of course, this got me. I retweeted it by saying groupthink. John's not the only one who thinks this, by the way. Mm -hmm. He's just the latest example. He was challenged on it. He ultimately followed that up by saying this. There is a real possibility, all caps, of the ACC only getting two teams in if Clemson does not finish strong. After Clemson, the next highest ACC team in the net was ranked 46th. Not a lot of quad one opportunities. Quote, get some facts and come back and see me. And quote, Jim Calhoun circa 2009. Now, again, there's a little element here of Big East fanboyism that has permeated throughout most of the college basketball online discussion. I want to make that clear. 
But you see it, right? Everybody sees it. Turn off Just, my email. But I, I guess the I, I understand what he's saying. Yeah. Okay. And we've talked about this before. The big problem with the ACC last year mm -hmm. was when North Carolina didn't perform out of the league. When you beat North Carolina, you get no, you get no, there's no value for you. Yeah. This year, Carolina went out and took care of business. They but did. What are they doing in the ACC right now? They're beating everybody. They're not losing to anybody. And that is where teams have to knock off a Carolina. They have to knock off Duke. Sure. So I understand that premise from him. I, I understand that part of it. I don't understand the premise because look at the totality of the net and there's plenty of teams inside yeah, the top 50 in net. Don't. Don't but, but get no, caught I have up to, in the I net. Have, I have to get caught up in the I net. I know he is, but it's like the reason why I get caught, you have to be honest about the net. If people keep pointing to the net, fine, then point to the net. The ACC has plenty of teams hovering around there and the ACC, it all fluctuates. I just want to make it, if, if you take anything from this conversation, take this away before we get into nerdy numbers. Right. The John Rostings of the world are simply trolling you. They're trolling you. That's what this is. Yeah. This is, not, this is not Joe Lenardi. This is not Jerry Palm. Those guys do not troll you. Jerry Palm does not troll. Jerry Palm is incapable of trolling. Jerry Palm looks at numbers. He spits back the numbers and he has very strong opinions, but he's not trolling. He's also not projecting. No, he's not. Yeah. This from John Rothstein, the Jeff Borzellos of the world, the Jeff Goodmans of the world. I like Jeff. We got good relationship, Jeff and I. All right. I've known Jeff Goodman for a really long freaking time, but Jeff also knows that he likes to poke. I mean, heck, all you got to do is look at some of the stuff going on in Big East Twitter these days to know that Jeff Goodman is poking the bear, all right? And you have other tastemakers like a John Fanta that constantly promote the Big East. And they know, they absolutely know that if you put that stuff out there, you're going to react. And I'm guilty of this, by the way, because that John Rothstein tweet got me to go, you know what, damn it, I'm going to do something I hate doing. I'm going to have to go to net. I'm going to have to go to Kempom. I'm going to have to start jotting down numbers. Joe, I hate doing this. I hate it. You love it. You love that yellow pad. I hate, I hate this. I hate, it's like, I feel like I'm doing homework again, but that's what that tweet so, did. So that, mission accomplished. I but guess. we're saying out of Florida state, Clemson, Miami, Virginia, Wake Forest, Syracuse, you're saying, he's saying none of them are going to make, none of them are going to make it. That doesn't make any, it sense. doesn't make any sense because they all have decent wins out of the league, by the way. And I know you laugh when I say Clemson this. and Virginia. I know you laugh when I say this, but they got to fill out the tournament. No, they do. They got to fill out 68 teams. And you're telling me that the fifth or sixth best conference isn't going to fill out more than two. But I do think that those teams, this, yeah. this, and this is, this applies for all the teams, the Florida state, Clemson, Miami, Virginia, Wake Forest, Syracuse contingent. You have to have, you not only need wins over the other teams in that group, mm -hmm. but you do need something from out of Duke, Carolina and Duke. Yes. Depending on how many I'm shots you, you get at them. I'm with you on that. You know what I mean? I'm with you on that. One quick, another quick note before I get into the numbers and we wrap up this show. I know some of you are either saying this out loud in your car or listening on your AirPods or getting ready to email me about, oh, you're accusing somebody of trolling. Funny coming from you. I, I know. I get it. I get it. Let me be honest here for a second. Okay. There's a difference between trolling and shit posting. Okay. I shit post all the time. Like I have a stupid thought in my brain. I put it out there. I find it amusing. Maybe you find it amusing. Maybe you don't. But at the end of the day, it's a shit post. There's a difference. What John Rothstein is doing, he knows, he knows that this is going to piss off ACC fans. He knows his comments are going to be off the charts. 
and he's going to get retweets. There's a difference between trolling and shitposting. Now, what is the ACC's big problem? The ACC's big problem is that their net sucks. This is something that Mike Krzyzewski talked about a few years ago before he retired, and he, and he plainly explained it. Bad numbers get set in November and December, and then when you get into conference play, it all feeds bad numbers. And when you don't win enough at a conference, you're going to set those bad numbers. It's kind of like me bowling at NC State. This is the inverse. Okay. Did you take Explain. bowling? Did you take bowling at NC State? I did. Did you do the thing where you tanked the first week to set your criteria low so that when you had an 80 pin difference at the end of the semester, you got an A? Fun fact. I'm terrible at bowling. Okay. I'm pretty good so at bowling. So I didn't have to tank. <laughs> I'm pretty good at bowling. All right. So I purposely played terribly through gutters. Oh no, I hit one pin. So I get a low score. So that at the end of the semester, when I was averaging 175, look at all that improvement. Wow, you get an A, Joe. That's what the net is. And that's what the Big 12 has been doing. The inverse of what I used to do bowling at uh what was it? What was the name of the Western Lanes on yeah. Hillsborough Street? Okay. The ACC actually plays a tough non-conference schedule. They didn't win them. And that ultimately sets some bad numbers. Carolina's part of that, by the way. They've had some big non-conference games that they didn't win. They won some, but didn't win all of them, right? The Big 12 had a horrendous non-conference schedule, but they smoked everybody. And because of the margin of victory, it set a really good number on net. And by the time they got into conference play, it's all feeding into each other. For example, the ACC in non-conference play played 30 games against the SEC. 30 games against the SEC. They wound up with a 12-18 and 18 record. Not bad. I mean, not great, but not bad. They played 12 games against the Big 12, and they have a 9-3 and three record against the Big 12. The next highest non-conference slate goes to the MEAC and the Atlantic Sun. Nine apiece, combined 18 games. The ACC went 17-1. and one. Again, 30 for the SEC, 12 for the Big 12. No other double digits for other conferences in the ACC. Let's get to the Big 12. Obviously, you've got your 12 against the ACC. They played 12 games against the SEC. 10-2, and two, pretty good. 16 versus the Big East. That's actually pretty good, too, with an 8-8 eight and eight record. But here's where things get dicey. They played 13 games against the Atlantic Sun, 12 against the SWAC, 14 against the Southland, 10 versus the Summit. That's a total, that's a ton of games against the 25th, 31st, 28th, and 22nd teams ranked in Ken Palm, or conferences ranked in Ken conferences, Palm. Conferences, not teams. Not teams. Conferences ranked in Ken Palm, respectively. Okay? 25th, 31st, 28th, 22nd. That's not good. 71% of their non-conference was against Q3, Q4 opportunities. But they hammered them. 56% of that? Q4. Yeah. They hammered those schools. So because they smoked everybody, they got these good numbers. Now you get in a conference play, and it's all gamed. They got great ones. So right now, the average net for Big 12 games, or for Big 12 teams is 46. Most of their Q1 opportunities. It's basically any conference road any game conference is game. a Q1 game. 66% are Q1 opportunities so far. The ACC, conversely, conversely, with an average net of 80, 35% all have been Q1 opportunities. So the ACC can keep doing what it's doing and just power through, hope for the best, get teams in the NCAA tournament, and voila, they end up in the Final Four like they tend to, whether it's Duke and Carolina or Miami last year. The ACC has a knack 
for going on these NCAA tournament runs. Well, all these metrics darlings flame out. Big 10 probably being the biggest culprit, right? So the ACC can continue what it's, it's doing, not care about what the John Rothsteins of the world do, and just let the results of March speak for themselves. Or coaches can stop the whining and just copy what the Big 12 does and just go out there and play a bunch of Q4 games, hammer them, and then set the table when you get into conference play and not be freaking out. It's, it's, it's that simple. It's that simple. There's another conversation for another day because we've gone too long today about the net itself. I was going to say Clemson's 28 in the net. Right. So you can't sit here and tell me that. they have good wins out of the league. Oh, you know, they Clemson, struggled in the league. Clemson's got to fit a strong. No, they don't. They're fine. I mean, they can't go on a complete losing streak. You, you, you get what I'm getting at. Yeah. They got a decent resume. No, they do. And, that, and I guess that's ultimately the issue with net. What is net? What does it mean to you? All right. I get what Ken Palm is. Ken Palm tells you explicitly, we are a predictive measure. Do not use us for this purpose. What's the other one that you like? Warren Nolan. There's all sorts of ways you can come up with team sheets and whatnot, but we still don't know what the hell net's supposed to mean. Warren Nolan. Bart Torvik. You really should have ended the episode with. What? What does net mean? We'll tell you. Get your your, uh, Paul Harvey there, man. That was good. What does net mean? Find out Wednesday on the rest of the story. We'll see y'all later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.